It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a nutrition company that provides life-changing nutrition information. And I want to tell you about an open house that we had last Sunday. We hosted it at our YZ office. We had hundreds of amazing people come by to get information and also to show support for our company. And I heard a lot of great stories from clients Some were longtime clients and others maybe just started listening to our radio a few months ago or had maybe taken a class. But the changes, the changes I heard did not shock me because we see a lot of changes and improvements on a regular basis. But I was very overcome by the dramatic improvements. I kept hearing just one story after another. One woman said she had struggled for 20 years uh, before she had a thyroid disorder that was finally diagnosed by a holistic based medical doctor. Then she took it a step further and met with one of our nutritionists who suggested that she eliminate wheat. After eliminating wheat and adding in some supplements, she said she felt like a new person. And that was after 20 years of feeling terrible. So I heard other stories similar to this with really good outcomes. But our topic today is nutrition for cancer prevention. When it comes to disease, people say that a cancer diagnosis is one of the most feared diagnoses. And the Centers for Disease Control state that cancer is the second leading cause of death after heart disease. Before we talk more about this topic, uh, I'd like to introduce myself and my co-host. My name is Kara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist and a certified nutrition specialist. I'm here today. You might have heard another voice there with Kate Crosby. Mm -hmm. Hi, Kate. She's also a nutrition counselor. I see clients in our YZ office and Kate sees clients at Lakeville and North Oaks. Good morning and welcome, Kate. Good morning, Cara. Great to be on with you. You too. Let's just start with a statistic. Okay. Approximately 2 million people will be diagnosed with a form of cancer this year. And now a fact. I was diagnosed in 1995 with breast cancer. And I'd like to share some of my diet and lifestyle that I was that was occurring before my diagnosis and during my uh, after I was diagnosed to just let listeners understand how possibly diet and lifestyle which are two major factors in cancer prevention may have shared in a perfect setup for growing cancer cells mm-hmm. so back to that statistic cara approximately 2 million people will be diagnosed with a form of cancer this year and Kate, thank you for sharing your story. And I know oh, later you're, you're going to talk more about Specific. kind of your history of like maybe what you were eating at the time. And, yeah. But we'll get into that later. The American Cancer Society says that the risk of getting cancer is one in three for women and one in two for men. Mm-hmm. You know, many researchers studying cancer state that the common causes, and most listeners are probably aware of some of these, but just in case you're not, let's review them. I'll list one or some of the most common causes of cancer. And this information, by the way, comes from the American Cancer Society. They state that the known causes are 
things like a small percent of cancers are genetic. And I emphasize Mm -hmm. small. Lifestyle factors affect um, or or causes for, for developing cancer. Things like tobacco use, diet, and lack of physical activity. Some infections can cause cancer. Environmental exposures to different chemicals, toxins, and radiation also are causes. And aside from genetics, that is something that is out of our control, but Mm -hmm. we do actually have a certain amount of control over all of the known causes that you just listed. Yep. And people maybe don't realize that. I know it's easy to sort of dismiss environmental exposures, for example, as being out of our control or maybe risk of infection, acquiring Mm -hmm. infection. But what if we took more measures to improve our immune systems? Exactly. To protect ourselves. You know, that's one thing people can do. Exactly. And what if we avoided chemicals in our everyday hygiene and beauty products or reduced our personal exposure to radiation in our households? I mean, these are factors. Mm -hmm. And we could actually have an entire show on how to reduce exposure to a lot of these factors Mm -hmm. linked to cancer. But being nutritionists, we, of course, want to share with you the nutritional connection to cancer prevention. You bet. The reason nutrition is so powerful when it comes to cancer is that it's truly one area where we can look at prevention and not just treatment. There's a lot of money being put into cancer treatment, which unfortunately really doesn't address the issues, the causes of the problem. And when we use the term prevention, that means something completely different than early detection Mm -hmm. of cancer. Early detection is something that people screen for, usually at a later age when they're getting mammograms Mm -hmm. or perhaps colonoscopies or prostate antigen screenings. Mm -hmm. Prevention of cancer is entirely different because we have control over our health from a very early age with the right nutrition and lifestyle habits. Mm -hmm. The American Cancer Society says that of the half million people who die each year from cancer, one third of those deaths are related to poor diet, obesity, and a lack of physical activity. And being overweight or obese increases cancer risk, mainly because excess weight causes the body to produce and to circulate more estrogen and more insulin. Those are both hormones, and those hormones can both stimulate cancer growth, Mm -hmm. estrogen and insulin. You know, we mentioned that 30% of cancers are caused by diet and obesity, but some research sources claim an even higher number, and say that up to a half of all cancers are related to the foods and beverages we consume. So for a cancer prevention plan, Kate, does this mean that when we're in our 40s, (laughs) that now it's time to start thinking about losing the extra weight that was put on in the last 10 10 years? years. Or maybe it's a goal to stop drinking that pop before your 50th Mm -hmm. birthday. And, you know, we can't say that it's ever too late to make positive changes like this, But it also is never too early to start a cancer prevention plan. Great point, Cara. I'm not sure how many teenagers or college students are listening to our show. But boy, this is the population drinking the most soda, the most energy drinks like Red Bull, Rockstar, Monster. And there's evidence that the sugar and artificial sweeteners in these drinks increase the risk of different types of cancer like breast cancer or prostate cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. I actually saw research on um, pancreatic. I think in 2010, there was that study that came Mm -hmm. out with soda increasing Increasing. risk of pancreatic. So I think it's difficult to convey to some young people how important it is 
to respect and care for their body right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. A lot of teenagers, and I'm not trying to stereotype, but I think this is just reality that mm-hmm. a lot of teenagers and college students, they're living more in the moment, maybe not thinking about what their health is going to be like 20 or 30 years down the road. Absolutely. I know I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't either. I know. That's so why I can say that comfortably. <laughs> but however, if parents are listening, maybe one of the best things that they can do is to teach good habits at home as much as possible. Um, much of this comes from leading by example. And again, it's never too late for parents or children to make positive changes. Recently, I just had a 40-year-old man come in as a client Mm -hmm. because he knew he needed to stop drinking pop, chewing tobacco, and he needed to start eating real food. He's willing to do it. Right, right. Like It's never too late, really. 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. But, you know, it doesn't mean people can't start now if they're younger. (laughs) Well, speaking of kids and nutrition, do you remember that study that we talk about, Kate, when Mm. we teach the Weight and Wellness series? It's the one... From the International Journal of Cancer, and it discusses preschool-aged children or preschool preschool-aged girls and French fries. Eating those French fries, yeah, I remember that study. It's found that an increase in breast cancer by twenty-seven percent for each weekly serving of French fries, and the risk went up with each additional serving of fries per week. If anyone's interested in reading that study, you know you can find it. The name of the study is Preschool Diet and Adult Risk. Of breast cancer. Well, and French fries are a great example of a food with several ingredients that really can increase the risk of cancer. Fast food French fries either have trans fats or they're made in a really refined oil, which is nearly the same as trans fats, or at least it's as damaging. And fries come from white potatoes, which are very high in starchy carbohydrates. Did you know that a medium-sized baked potato turns into about a quarter of a cup of sugar in the body? Now, just imagine that. That's a quarter of a cup in a potato. Well, let's explain why these types of foods and ingredients, those trans fats, the refined oils, and especially the sugars and starchy carbohydrates, are both foods to be avoided for cancer prevention. We are going to get into that, but guess what? We do have to take a quick break first. With our show being on cancer prevention, I want to tell you about a vitamin that can greatly reduce the risk of pancreatic, ovarian, breast, prostate, colon, skin, and several other types of cancer. Vitamin D is this nutrient, and most people living here where we do not get enough sun are deficient. It's difficult to eat enough vitamin D-containing foods like fatty fish, maybe salmon, herring, mackerel, or fish livers. Eggs do contain vitamin D, not as much as fish, though. It's hard to get enough of these foods to have adequate levels, and Mm -hmm. most people do need to supplement, especially in the winter when we're not getting our vitamin D from the sun. So Kate's going to give you more details on this when we come back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have a question for us today, please call the studio at 651-641-1071. If you changed your nutrition, could it change your life? What if I told you that you could change your life just by learning the secrets of balanced eating? Nutritional Weight and Wellness can teach you how. They will do an individual consultation for you, your husband, or your children. They will create an eating plan that fits your lifestyle. Whether you're experiencing migraines or sleeplessness, depression, digestive problems, fatigue, anxiety, or need help with weight loss, 
Nutrition can change all of that. More than 90% of all health conditions can be traced back to nutritional issues. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation at an office near you. That's weightandwellness.com. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation. That's weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby, nutrition counselor. I'm here with Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist. Cara was talking about vitamin D. Let me just add a little more information. Vitamin D is a critical nutrient when it comes to cancer prevention. There is evidence from hundreds of studies that you can decrease your risk of many cancers by more than 50% by having optimal vitamin D levels. Now, what do we mean by optimal vitamin D levels? This usually means your blood levels need to be between 50 and 80 And some labs will say a range at 30 is okay, but it's the higher levels between 50 and 80 that really work at cancer prevention. Over half of the Americans are vitamin D deficient. Most people need to take between 2,000 and 5,000 IUs of vitamin D daily just to maintain optimal levels. You know, you can listen to a past show we've done on vitamin D for more information. Um, How you do that, you just go to our website, weightandwellness.com, click on past radio shows, do a search for vitamin D, and you'll get lots of good Mm -hmm. information. I like our new search engine on our website. What were we talking about? We were talking about French fries. I know that in that preschool study. Study. We were talking about what what are fries made of? What are, you know, people know, oh, French fries are bad. Well, it, you had said that it's the trans fats or refined oils, yep. and I had said they come from potato, which is a starchy white carbohydrate. Turns into a quarter of a, a quarter cup of, of a cup of sugar, sugar a medium one. potato. Most listeners do know that trans fats uh, are labeled as hydrogenated oils, and we need to avoid those. Mm-hmm. Even though the word is out and people know this, that they're unhealthy, food manufacturers are still making them. You and bet. Putting them in foods. Restaurants are still having them in their on their menus and mm-hmm. so they're in fast food chips muffins cookies lots of other processed foods frozen dinners canned soups box meals like a hamburger helper yep even some peanut butters still have trans fats mm-hmm. and baking oils like crisco mm-hmm. we can't really list all the foods there's just too many but if you're going to eat anything from a box can a bakery or a food that has a lot of ingredients on the label, you really just need to read the label and make sure it doesn't have those hydrogenated oils. Exactly. We used to think that trans fats were the only bad oils, but now we also know that refined oils, well, things like soybean oil, cottonseed oil, one of the worst, sunflower oil and canola oil all cause inflammation in the body. And cancer stems always, always from inflammation. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of oils are really good for us and anti-inflammatory. So in place of those refined oils, what you could include is things like butter or olive oil or coconut oil. Avocados are a great good fat for you. Nuts and seeds. And also fish oil. Fish oil is a well-known fatty acid that protects us from cancer. And it's also anti-inflammatory. 
And I would say for a good cancer prevention plan, Mm -hmm. approximately 3,000 milligrams would be a good amount to take per day. Yeah, yeah, I would agree Um, with that. You know, if if someone already has the diagnosis, of course, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. We would need more, more than that. And the other foods just mentioned back in when we were talking about fries mm-hmm. <laughs> to be avoided, they're sugar and starchy carbs. So baked potatoes and fries are not the only carbohydrate turning into a lot of sugar in the body. In fact, I just saw a post going around on Facebook the other day. There's a picture of a bagel, and then it showed how much sugar the bagel turned into. And I thought, hmm, mm-hmm. our company has been teaching that exact scenario for decades. But I'm happy to see that this information is becoming more mainstream. And for the record, a bagel does turn into over 14 teaspoons of sugar. All sugary foods and foods like white potatoes that turn into a lot of sugar cause inflammation in the body. Let's talk more about this connection because this is one of the most important points that we want to make today. It's that connection between sugar in the diet and cancer. And as some of my clients say, it's not straight sugar. It's, you know, all the foods that turn into sugar, Mm -hmm. just like you were saying, a potato or chips. It's not necessarily just a candy bar. Exactly. There's a lot more to it than that. You know, cancer uses sugar as fuel for growth. And that's the concern here. Cancer cells eat 10 times more glucose or sugar than normal tissue. And that leads me to talking about my diet. Back in 1995, or even before I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer. So in my 20s and 30s, I was kind of an on-again, off-again vegetarian, vegan. So what did that mean? Well, I ate a lot of bread. Oh, it was whole grain, though. Wasn't that more healthy? <laughs> um, I ate a lot of So what you're cheese. saying is bread just turns into a lot of sugar. Sugar. Mm-hmm. It was sugar. Um, I ate a lot of peanut butter and I ate a lot of carrots. And Which carrots, it's not that they're bad, but they are one of the starchier vegetables. A lot more sugar in those carrots, yeah. I also drank a lot of wine. Sugar. Sugar, yep. And there's, the, of course, the link with Alcohol and yes, breast cancer. Exactly. And we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. I ate very little protein in that diet. Um, and just like you said, Cara, that diet was mainly sugar, pure sugar, leading mm-hmm. to lots of inflammation. Oh, and by the way, I had a lot of chronic sinus infections mm-hmm. and pneumonia, all treated with antibiotics. Okay. And so that connection, when you say that you were on a lot of antibiotics, we know that's killing off well, it kills off the bad bacteria in the yeah. intestinal tract, but it's also killing off the good bacteria, leaving us more vulnerable, more susceptible to viruses. Exactly. To and bacteria, I'm, to it lowers immune function. Exactly. So that bifidus would be a really wonderful bacteria to replenish oh, things definitely. with that I didn't do. I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sharing that with you just because all of that sugar the wine um, could have been a perfect setup for growing cancer cells. Mm -hmm. And it's never just one factor. No. You know, but a lot of different factors all coming at the same time. Exactly. Well, in 2006, researchers from Harvard Medical School implanted mice with breast cancer cells. So we're going to talk about a study here Mm -hmm. that's relating the sugar intake to cancer. So there were two groups of mice. 
One group was the control group, so no changes were made. The other group of mice had their glucose pathways blocked. So the control group, the mice with the tumors who had access to this sugar pathway, they all died by 10 weeks. Hmm. The other mice, so these were the mice that basically glucose was not feeding the, the cancer cells. Um, they were still alive after four months. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a really, and again, that is mice, but mm-hmm. it's a really interesting study. Now, the really interesting part of this sugar and cancer connection is that this is not new information. Otto Warburg was a German physician awarded a Nobel Prize over 75 years ago for first uncovering cancer cells being dependent on sugar as a fuel source. This research has been around for a long time. We are not being told this by many of our healthcare providers. Yeah, we don't often hear that link between no. sugar and cancer. So whether it's the cookie that you crave after a meal, your Mountain Dew, your bag of chips, or the large pasta meal that you had, including bread, none of these are part of a good cancer prevention plan. That is true. And if somebody already has a cancer diagnosis, it's even more important to be extremely diligent about avoiding all sugars and starches. And since we know sugar fuels cancer, it explains why a tumor could grow from large sugar consumption. And everyone needs to be eating more vegetables as their carbohydrates instead of the processed foods that we were just talking about. And the starchy foods and sugars and sweets. Vegetables are carbohydrates. (laughs) They're the, the healthiest form. And on average, Kate, you found this information... On average, Americans are eating less than one cup of vegetables per day and a half cup of fruit per day. Oh, and what do we recommend? I don't know if anyone's thinking, well, that's <laughs> that's fine. Is that bad? Is that <laughs> good? Well, the latest recommendation is nine to 13 servings per day. And we do need a lot more vegetables than fruit. You know, we don't want nine to 13 servings of fruit. Three servings of fruit is probably the max per day simply because it is higher in sugar. It's higher in fructose. Um, So what does that mean, 9 to 13 servings per day? A serving is just a half a cup. Mm -hmm. So anywhere from four and a half to To six six and and a half half cups cups a day. Mm -hmm. And most Americans are eating less than one. One, one and a half. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Vegetables have lots of many different roles in lowering the risk of getting cancer. First of all, they're all alkalizing. Um, Cancer cells occur when the body is in an acidic state. So sugar is acidic, soda is acidic, refined oils are acidic, but vegetables are extremely alkalizing. And one way to alkalize is to drink drink a greens drink. Um, Mm -hmm. One that I particularly like is Dynamic Greens. I drink it every day. I do as well. It's Mm -hmm. delicious. So it's a great way to get, it's, you know, it's not replacing eating vegetables. Not at all. But it's adding in antioxidants and some of the other good properties that vegetables give. Exactly. It's time for a break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And if you're, stu- if you're struggling with weight loss or you're concerned about your health, we have a perfect solution for you. It's our Nutrition for Weight Loss series, and it will teach you how to eat real foods not only for weight loss, but for disease prevention. The eating plan in this series would be considered a cancer prevention plan. Please do give us a call today at the studio if you have a question or a comment. 
The number is 651-641-1071. Brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And I'm Kate Crosby here with Park Harper. Nutrition for cancer prevention is our topic today. Before break, Cara talked about our Nutrition for Weight Loss classes that are starting up soon. You know, there's several new series starting up in mid-October, probably that week of October 14th. So it might be important to plan ahead for fall, get some support during the Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas festivities. So uh, we have classes on Mondays in North Oaks and Maple Grove. Uh, Wednesdays, we've got some classes in Wyzetta. Thursday, there's classes in St. Paul. And there's a great daytime option being offered in Wyzetta on Friday mornings at 10. You'll have a ton of fun with that group because you'll have (laughs) two teaching you, Oralee and Amy Renee, for that series, full of great practical information and lots of laughs. You can call our office at 651 Six four one one zero seven one, or you can sign up online at weightandwellness dot com. Excellent. So, so most of those classes are at night, except for we just wanted that to kind one. of highlight the daytime because we mm-hmm. don't always offer those. Oh, and so, people love those. They do, unless they're working. Yes, <laughs> during the day. <laughs> oh, before break, you were talking about how alkalizing. Vegetables, vegetables are and how many we need mm-hmm. nine to 13 half cup servings. servings and another great thing about vegetables is that they don't raise the blood sugar very much especially those non-starchy vegetables yeah so what that means is there's less circulating insulin in the blood and remember insulin is a hormone it's a fat storing hormone um, and it creates more inflammation and it causes more estrogen Yep. And all of those are increasing risk of cancer. cancer. So less insulin is just less inflammation, less fat, less estrogen. And when we're looking at cancer prevention, we have to look at that big picture and look at all the ways that we're exposed to toxins. Ideally, it's best to eat organic vegetables and fruits to avoid the pesticides, which are linked to certain cancers, especially those reproductive cancers. And so pesticides are something called a xenoestrogen. That's a really big fancy word. word. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. Basically, it means that the pesticides are acting like an estrogen in the body and can increase the risk of breast, prostate, uterine, and ovarian cancers, those reproductive cancers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways we benefit from eating vegetables and Preferably more of the non-starchy kind. So things like leafy greens, kale, Swiss chard, asparagus or green beans, broccoli, cucumbers, peppers. These non-starchy vegetables turn into a lot less sugar than potatoes or carrots or corn and peas Mm -hmm. do. The starchy ones are usually fine in small quantities, maybe a half a cup or so. But for someone with cancer, we'd probably recommend avoiding all those starchy ones Mm -hmm. if their blood sugar can handle it. Basically, think of it as you're literally starving the cancer. Exactly. By not feeding Feeding it it. foods that are turning into a lot of glucose. So before I forget, I just want to mention the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, which is listed on our website. It's a list, and our website is weightandwellness.com. 
It lists the vegetables and fruits that contain the highest amount of pesticides and the lowest amount of pesticides. So it's very useful if you're not wanting to buy 100% organic produce or maybe you're unable, mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. have access mm-hmm. or it gets a little bit too expensive. So One of my favorites on the Clean 15 is avocado. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always nice to know I can buy that non-organic. And, you know, that the on the Dirty Dozen, just yeah. to kind of highlight some of them, because these are the ones that people are eating a lot of. It's the the apples, berries, mm-hmm. lettuce, grapes, spinach, spinach, potatoes. So I think it is important to know that those are some of the foods that have the most pesticides. Exactly. So, Cara, since our discussion has sort of turned to some estrogen-related cancers, why don't we talk for a few minutes about two of the most commonly occurring cancers, breast cancer and prostate cancer. Well, first of all, studies show that genetics and obesity contribute to a third of cancers affecting the reproductive organs like breasts and the prostate. Scientists say that the cause of the other two thirds of reproductive cancers is not as clear, but research is pointing to something called estrogen exposure and problems with the body not detoxifying well enough from a poor diet or maybe lifestyle habits like drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And the common themes with all types of cancer, you probably gather that, it seems to be obesity, poor diet, and lifestyle. But for the moment, let's just dive a little bit deeper into what you mentioned about breast and prostate cancer being linked to estrogen mm-hmm. exposure. Mm-hmm. Now, typically, when we talk about excess estrogens, it's not the estrogens that our bodies are making that are causing these problems. You know, the estrogen that women produce in the ovaries and the estrogen that men produce in the testes actually play a really important role in our overall health. Estrogen's main job in women is the development of breasts in the uterus, and it influences bone density and thyroid hormones and skin integrity. And men need estrogen for bone health and thyroid hormones too, And it also plays a really important role in sperm production. So we don't want to confuse listeners into thinking that all estrogen just across the board is bad. Absolutely not. You know, what we're saying, it's the excess estrogen that is creating problems when it relates to cancer. So you might be wondering, where are people getting all of this excess estrogen? Well, not all estrogens are made in the ovaries and testes. Fat cells produce estrogen as well. So... Weight gain, especially that weight gain around the middle, usually leads to higher estrogen levels in both men and in women. So that's one place. Fat cells Mm -hmm. produce estrogen. So the more fat someone is carrying, the more estrogen Estrogen. they're going to have in their body. Also, when you were saying uh, the weight around the middle, that also just for an FYI is can be insulin resistance. Exactly. So... Leading to diabetes. or Exactly. Weight gain in our country has paralleled the higher rates of prostate cancer in men and breast cancer in women. And many Americans have high levels of estrogen just because of that extra weight they are carrying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, we know as nutritionists that losing weight is not easy for most people. Obviously, if it were, we wouldn't have these current rates of obesity. But we at Nutritional Weight and Wellness help people lose weight while still they are still able to eat wonderful tasting real food 
Now, if you're stuck in this part of your life, really can't quite lose the weight, or maybe you're concerned about your risk of cancer, I'd say it's worth checking out one of our classes, maybe reducing pain and inflammation, or maybe one of our weight loss classes, or even making an appointment with a nutritionist Mm -hmm. to specifically talk about your case. I agree. I think it can be very overwhelming when someone has weight to lose, especially if they have a lot of weight to lose, to just kind of try to white knuckle it and do it on their own, I think can be very overwhelming. And there's so much confusing information. And I think one of our goals at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is always to streamline this and make it easy to start to attack the problem Mm -hmm. of weight loss, but also in a fun way. With mm-hmm. lots of good food. We're not talking right. about starving. No starvation, no low-fat, low-calorie. No. You know, it looks like, well, it looks like we're getting a caller. <laughs> uh-huh. okay. um, maybe not quite ready to take the call. So, But you know what? It is time for a break. So if someone's on the line, if you could please hold, we will be just, we'll be back in a minute. First, before we go to break, I'd like to tell you about a superfood. And that superfood is broccoli. It contains something called sulforaphane. It's a sulfur compound that's been shown to kill cancer stem cells, slowing tumor growth. And you don't have to consume a huge quantity to reap the benefits. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And again, call the studio with any questions, 651-641-1071. Hi, I'm Cassie Wienis, a registered and licensed dietitian from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You may know me from Dishing Up Nutrition, but today I want to talk to you as a mom of two kids with celiac disease, as well as additional food sensitivities, topics near and dear to my heart. Even with all my training as a dietitian, I was overwhelmed when my family had to go gluten-free. My boss, Dar, helped me learn the ins and outs of going gluten-free with real food, and that's when we realized other people need help and direction, too. So we created an online class called Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way. You learn what gluten is, where it's found, and how to be gluten-free at home, at restaurants, and at social events. We teach you how to shop gluten-free and how to make healthy, delicious meals your whole family will enjoy. And it may surprise you that I don't buy many gluten-free products. If you take the class, I'll teach you how simple it is to go gluten-free eating real food. Learn more and register at weightandwellness.com. That's weightandwellness.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby. I'm here with Cara Carper. We're talking about cancer prevention today. And a study from 2008 published in the Public Library of Science, one found that just four servings of broccoli per week could protect men from prostate cancer. Other cruciferous vegetables, those things like cauliflower and cabbages and Brussels sprouts, have this same cancer-protective compound that broccoli has, but broccoli has a really high amount. And the benefits cross over in protecting from breast cancer as well. In fact, broccoli appears to work against a variety of different types of cancer, and that's why it's a superfood. It is. Okay, I can't. Tell exactly what's going on with the callers because we had three and now we... Marnie is on the line and she has a question. Okay. Okay. Thanks, April. (laughs) Hi, good morning, Marnie. What's your question for us today? Hi, I just recently gave up grains about four months ago from my diet just because of kind of I thought it was helping decrease inflammation. 
And I'm wondering if my diet's missing any important nutrients by doing that. Hmm. That's a great question. question. Do you mind telling us what grains you eliminated? All of them. Okay, so even like the gluten-free grains, like rice. Yes. And, okay. Even rice, yeah. Well, um, how is your energy? Do you feel pretty good throughout the day? Yeah. Okay. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, about four months now. Okay. And my next question is, are you eating adequate vegetables and fruits? I don't know if you heard us saying what the recommended amount is per day. Well, I, probably, I don't know if I'm eating quite that amount, but close. Good. Good for you. You're great. Great. Above average, that's for sure. You know, I think if yeah, you're... Well, once you cut out grains, you got to... You got to fill up on something. Well, so. exactly. Yeah. I guess, if you know, a lot of people are wondering, am I getting enough fiber? Am I mm-hmm. getting enough B vitamins? If you're eating nine servings of vegetables and fruit and mostly vegetables, you're getting what you need. Don't you think, Kate? I think, I think definitely, you know. You're getting the fiber. You're getting vitamins all and minerals. Bu- you're getting antioxidants. Mm-hmm. So there's really nothing I'm missing from getting rid of grains. It shouldn't be. I mean, without like sitting down and doing an individual consultation, we don't right. know every single detail, right. but be sure to get enough protein and of course, healthy fats mm-hmm. with that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, as, long as far as, as the carbohydrate piece and giving up grains, mm-hmm. people usually yeah, are I'm not eating a lot more almonds now and just a lot more snacking throughout the day to kind of keep my blood sugar mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you. I commend you for doing that. Yeah. That's not always easy. Yeah, you know, the first four days were really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you almost detox from them and you crave them really bad. But after that, it, it's really not that bad. Mm-hmm. What kind of inflammation were you experiencing or were you not like, aware of it? Kind of elbow. I, couldn't, I had it for about 10 months and I nothing I did to get rid of it. I tried physical therapy. I tried the band. And it's really strange because now I get direct feedback. If I have grains, the next day my elbow starts hurting again. It's okay. Oh. Strangest thing. Okay. Well, good. You know, it may also occur if you have too many fruits or if you indulge in some other sweet little goodie. Okay. So. Oh, so sugars might do it too? Absolutely. Yep. Any yep. sugar. Okay. Sugar yep. is very yep. inflammatory as well. Yep. Okay. Yeah, the white rice with sushi seems to be the one thing that I can't give up. Mm-hmm. And... Ah, and it gets you. Yeah. Well, pay attention to that. Your body is giving you a message. So I, I know, but that's worth it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Great. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Hi. Good morning, Jeff. Do you have a question for Dishing Up Nutrition today? Yes. Hi. I listened to you, uh, ladies, last week, and um, you were saying something about a cream that my daughter can use. She gets uh, really bad menstrual cramps, mm-hmm. uh, where sometimes she has to stay home from school or just stay in bed for a while and take a pretty much a whole lot of uh, ibuprofen. And you were saying that there's a cream, estrogen cream that she can put on her skin. And yeah. I'm wondering where, where can I get this cream? You can get it at our offices. Um, we have offices in St. Paul and Wyzetta, Lakeville and North Oaks. And shipping, shipping is, from our website oh, as yeah. well. That might be the easiest way. Mm-hmm. Our website oh, is weightandwellness.com. And the cream that you're, we were referring to is called Progest, it's a natural progesterone cream um, okay. that would help. So mm-hmm. they don't sell this. At, um, I went to Cup Foods to try to purchase this, and they uh, no looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, they probably wouldn't wouldn't um, sell it. And and another thing that might help her is some magnesium glycinate. Mm, good call. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate. And another thing, I might be giving you too much information here, but um, yeah. evening... No, no, I, I mean, sometimes <laughs> me and my wife, she wonders uh, where I get all this information from. And um, I don't want to tell your show because she, I like being the know-it-all sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I to your show, so... Uh, <laughs> Well, take, there's a little more information. I just wanted to tell you about evening primrose oil. Okay. Okay. It's a fatty acid that can be very helpful for younger women with premenstrual syndrome. You bet. Great. Thanks okay. very much. Yeah, You're very welcome. welcome. Thanks, Thanks for calling for call. today. We have one more caller here. All right. Hi, Linda. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question for us today? I sure do. Good morning. Good morning. I do paleo, and the one thing that's hard to give up is white potatoes. I'm working real hard and do very little. But is red the same as a white potato, a red potato? My understanding is that they're slightly less starchy on the glycemic index. Especially if you have the skin on that red potato, it's going to help provide a little more fiber and won't turn to sugar quite as quickly. Okay, and then I missed on the grapes. Is the grapes the good or the bad to have? Oh, I think when I mentioned grapes, I was talking about the dirty dozen foods that are the most highly sprayed with pesticides. Yes. Um, They are a higher sugar fruit, though, Mm -hmm. so just keep that in mind. It's not that they're good or bad. They just, unless they're organic, they're going to be, have a lot of pesticides. Okay. And then some red potato, make sure the skin's on. And yes, sweet potato, even better. Better. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Thank you so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, well. we have a few minutes left here. Um, I think before we took our calls, you were starting to get into estrogen and excess estrogens and that relationship to, to cancer. cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so as far as lifestyle habits that create a higher risk of estrogen-related cancers, I came across some interesting statistics on alcohol and breast cancer. Um, alcohol, I mean, for one thing, it increases estrogen circulating. Absolutely. It, again, insulin and estrogen. Mm-hmm. And it is known that alcohol increases the risk of cancer such as mouth, throat, esophagus, colon, liver, and breasts. Um, so, Kate, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the research. Mm-hmm. It's from August of this year on alcohol and breast cancer. So, These researchers at Washington University School of Medicine found that for every drink a young woman consumes before her first pregnancy puts her at a higher risk of breast cancer. The authors reported that 40% of college-age women admit to binge drinking, which is a huge concern, and obviously it's increasing their risk of breast cancer. So listen to this. They calculated that if a woman averaged one alcoholic beverage per day from the time she menstruated to the time of her first pregnancy, her risk of breast cancer increased by 13%. So this really gets us back to our point about looking at risk factors before people turn 40 or 50 Mm -hmm. when they start doing when they are young. Affects them later on. Yes. There are other ways that people are getting too much estrogen as well, and that's from chemicals in the environment. And we had mentioned the term xenoestrogens Mm -hmm. and that pesticides are xenoestrogens. These chemicals mimic the estrogen in our bodies, and they get very easily stored in our cells. 
So it's almost like having double estrogen in the system. We have the estrogen that we're making from the ovaries or the testes. Mm-hmm. Then we have the estrogen that we're storing from these chemicals. And not only coming from pesticides, but xenoestrogens are in BPA, you know, that plastics in your water Plastic bottles. water bottles. Stuff. Parabens, things um, that are in our moisturizers, our, our you know, uh, makeups and phthalates. They're, they're in all sorts of uh, cleaning supplies and lawn fertilizers. It's no wonder that so many people have excess estrogen. I know. We're constantly know. Like being this toxic overload, really. Yeah. And there's a lot of research as well on women using hormone replacement therapy to reduce menopause symptoms and then having a higher incidence of breast cancer. So there is a landmark study. It was funded by the National Cancer Institute Really interesting information. We don't have time to get into all of it, but Mm -hmm. um, researchers looked at the nurses' health study data, and they followed up. So it's a it was a huge amount of women in that study, and they found that the risk for breast cancer uh, when women were using hormone replacement therapy was eighty eight percent higher in women Mm. if they were using estrogen and progestin. Mm-hmm. For ten to fifteen years, which is not the natural progesterone, not, yeah, not progesterone, but it's synthetic, the mm-hmm. progestin, and then the synthetic estrogens. Mm-hmm. So, it's that long-term use, really, with the hormone replacement therapy that is a, a huge, huge concern for cancer. Mm-hmm. There's our music. So we <laughs> want to thank listening. you so much for listening, and we hope that we've given you some tips today on how to prevent the risk of cancer by using the power of nutrition. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.